Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. It's time for the Get Ready Show! Just stop. All right, we're back. I don't know what happened, but it seemed like the show cut out for a bit, and we're back online. Dave, are you there? I am here. <laughs> Now you can't make it up. I, I think we got. Let's see. Um, recap uh, briefly. I think we got. Bad about blog talk. What was that? I think you have to stop talking bad about blog talk at the top of the show because I think they did this on purpose. Maybe, maybe we should. Blog talk. Blog talk awesome. turned heel on us. They really did. So they we're back on. I, I I think we got to like story number three. So if you'd like to continue your news, and then we'll. We're going to get out to you callers. We love you guys. Thank you for continuing to support us. Uh, but some, I, I honestly don't know how long we were off the air. I got a message that nothing was on. Um, but we are back now. So, okay. um, uh, Dave, why don't you give us like your last know. like two stories? Okay. Well, what was the last story that you heard? I'm trying to remember because I was in a bit of a panic when I realized we weren't on the air. Um I heard the Bram story. I heard the AJ Styles story. Um, was it all oh, two I that I got? I no, I know. We, we, I was in my la- It was in my last story. All right, I will go into our final story this week. WWE right. signed top. WWE signed top independent wrestlers Biff Busick and Rich Swan to developmental contracts pending they pass WWE standard physical. Both men have previously worked for Evolve, which is under the WWN umbrella. Well, I mentioned last week here on the day five that they are also another organization that WWE is looking to develop a working relationship with. Both individuals, both individuals began their careers in CZW, along with working for the previously mentioned Evolve. Swan also worked for Dragon Gate USA, while Busick spent some time in the California-based pro wrestling guerrilla and was trained by former ECW, WCW, and WWE star Lance Storm. And folks, it's about that time. Barring any technical difficulties, once again, here on the Ken Reedy Show, thanks to those people at Blog Talk Radio, it's time to say goodnight. Good night, Irene, and good night to another edition of the Day 55050 News Report. Don't forget, 1640 PWPR. Search and subscribe for free right now on iTunes to find out why we are the future of pro wrestling podcasts. And speaking of future, in the very near future, if you'd like a transcript of tonight's Day 5 News Update, you can head on over to both the Ken Reedy Show Facebook page as well as the 1640 PWPR page right now to get you caught up on tonight's news break in the event you missed it because of some technical difficulties. That's it for me. Ken, take it away. And by the way, just uh, really, um, we love Blog Talk Radio here at the Ken Reedy Show. Um Love. We love you guys. 
Um, tech support is is always so helpful, and they always they always fix things right away. And um, we just wanted to put it out there how how much uh, Blog Talk really it's like really that that you know you're part of the family, and Blog Talk is really it's not even I can say that it's it's just a service. It's it's really just it's part of the family, and and really from the bottom of my heart, thank you, thank you. So much for all you bring to the table. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call, and we are going to go out to the phones right now, barring that the phones are working. And let's bring Tony on the line. Tony, are you there? Yeah, I just called back in. Awesome. Glad you're Yeah, I just called back uh, in. I, I don't know what's going on. I can't hear. I can't hear you on the um, on the computer though. I don't know what I don't know what's going oh, on. Um, did that so, just happen? Because I just got a friend of mine's listening on the computer. He said he can hear us now. So maybe restart it or, or look at. But uh, anyway, you're on the air with us. So whether it's going out on the airways or it's just the three of us talking wrestling, whatevs. So um, last <laughs> week, I thought, yeah. you know, especially for in the era of the three hour Raws. I mean, Jesus, they pulled out all the stops. It had that feeling of a WrestleMania Raw, you know, night after WrestleMania, Monday Night Raw. Um, fun stuff. What did you think of Raw last night, Tony? Last week. Uh, yeah, I, th- I thought it was a fun show. You know, I, mean, the, my, uh, my, I thought the best part was when it, uh, you know, the, uh, do you know who came back last week? <laughs> <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. Get the tables. <laughs> Yeah, that was, I mean, oh that was awesome. God. I mean, and I think it's great that WWE is setting up, a, you know, a TNA invasion angle. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, don't, um, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think they're doing that. Um, you know, I mean, I Samoa yeah, Joe's I, the first one there, and now you got uh, the Dudleys in the tag team uh, title picture and uh, Sting going for the, the big title. So, uh, yeah, TNA making uh, inroads here in the WWE. Um, but joking, you know, I, I'm curious your thoughts, Tony, because, you know, I, I'm hearing both sides of the coin uh, with these guys, and I can see both sides of it. Um, you got this youth movement going on. You got a lot of young talent. Um, you know, it was a few years ago, and it's amazing, you know, revisionist history or, you know, or how people's opinions change. Uh, it wasn't too long ago with a lot of the wrestling landscape, Um was complaining about Sting going for the world title in TNA. He's too old. They need to push young talent. Why is he going for the title? Um, and now you have him, however many years later, at, what is he, 56 years old. Uh, and look, he looks great. I mean, the guy can move for a 56-year-old. I mean, if I can move when I'm like that, when I'm that age, I I will be very, very happy. So kudos to him. However, um you know, you're bringing in a 56-year-old man now that, that is taking a spot that could be a spot for younger talent uh, going after that title. And he's going after the title after essentially being 0-1. So he got somehow he got the number one contendership uh, being 0-1 in the WWE. And I get it. It's wrestling. And, you know, he's a special attraction. So they built him up, and it makes sense. But I'm curious, Tony, from your perspective, do you like the fact that Sting is going for this title? Yeah, I don't. I don't mind it. I mean, I think it would be, uh, you know, it's. I don't, I don't know if I don't know if he'll have him win. I mean, it's still, you know, he's it's a, it's a world title thing number one. But, 
Yeah, I don't mind it. I mean, it's it's a good deal. It's a, I think it's a good main event for for uh, for the Night of Champions. You know, I think you know that brought Sting in. I think it might get more subscribers in there. You know, you, can, you might get more subscribers for the network if, the, you know, if people find that. Oh, Sting is going to be main eventing. Uh, you know, he's going to be getting a championship match. Uh, but I thought the, I thought the angle was very good. It was was pretty good last week. You know, when he can when they took the uh, they did the unveiling and he was there and he was underneath the. Uh, the curtain or whatever it was, um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm cool with staying, uh, you know, g- getting a, a WWE t- title match, even if he only, even if he did lose his only match so far. But uh, you know, I, how they, how they'll uh, handle the finish, I don't, I don't know what they'll do. Uh, yeah, so. I mean that's the thing that's weird for me because you know, I, I mean, geez, do you bring Sting into the WWE to go zero and two? Um, in his first two matches in the WWE. And if he loses again, like, where do you go with him? Um, you know, obviously he's got a limited run in the WWE. Um, but, you know, a lot, very curious. Uh, on the other hand, you know, it's interesting with these two, and I, don't, I, I want to hear your take on this too, Tony. Uh, with the Dudleys coming in, um, you know, if, if they, look, they're rebuilding. And, and if it's all done right, they're rebuilding the tag division. If you bring the Dudleys in, the Dudleys can still go. They're older, yes, they can still go. As they're rebooting and revamping this tag team division to bring in a couple veterans, to me, is a good thing. Most decorated tag team in, in history. Um, be honest with you, I, I wouldn't be opposed to putting the belts on them at some point. Uh, eventually, a tag team that finally beats them, because I give them a nice run with the tag titles. Uh, the team that beats them uh, gets it's quite the rub beating them. And I think that the Dudleys at the top of the heap in the tag division could really help uh, the whole division. Although, like I said, I can see both sides of the coin. I'm curious your thoughts on the Dudleys. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see both sides of it, too. I mean, I, th- I think the Dudleys being back is, is, is really going to, you know, is, is, is great for the, for, the, you know, for the tag teams that Taking division. I mean, right now, I mean, I make this. That's like more teams than have been in the company in the last ten years, I think. But um, I mean, I I would be surprised if they, if they got to run with the, if they got to run with the belts. I don't know if it'll happen like anytime soon. I don't know if they're going to do something with like them, the new day, and the uh, the prime time players. They were hinting at look like they were hinting at stuff with the, with those three teams maybe. But uh, I don't know. I mean, they just put the belts back on the new day, so I don't know if they, to take the titles off of them that you know that fast. Might, yeah, I kinda, that might kind of hurt their run a bit, but uh, I could I could see like I could I could see you know like the you know, the prime players you know they lost the belts they didn't you know uh, they didn't you know they, the champions got a rematch bit, uh, so I I mean I I could see the Dudleys the prime players and the New Day happening and United champions, and uh, I think that would be I think it would be a pretty fun match too. I mean, a great match. I, look, I don't think you need to give the Dudleys the titles right away. I think you can have, you know, a run, have New Day weasel their way out of a couple of matches. Um, you know, maybe uh, towards the end of the year you have the Dudleys win and have a run with the title uh, up until, like, WrestleMania. Uh, maybe something like that. Uh, but it's intriguing. And, again, it definitely, you know, to me, and I want I want you to chime in here, Dave, a little bit. I, I just think the Dudleys really, you know, now, like, it's almost like, to me, when you look at a tag team, like the tag team division right now in the WWE, and it's almost like a, like how you would look at a pitching staff in Major League Baseball. And when you have, like, say, a good pitching staff, and you make a trade for an ace, and then all of a sudden, like, the guy who was your number one starter is now your number two starter. 
And the guy who's number two is your number three. And everyone kind of gets bumped down, which all of a sudden, just adding that one piece, that, that bonafide ace at the top, just makes the whole pitching staff better. And to me, that's what, you know, like beforehand, I would say clearly New Day was the top tag team uh, in the tag team division. You bring in the Dudleys, it's like everyone, now that's your second best tag team. Now all of a sudden, the tag team division has a lot of credibility and to me gives you a lot of a base to work off of when you have these three-hour Raws that now I can really definitively take that tag team division seriously. Uh, I, I love the fact they brought the Dudleys back, Dave. I, 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 I love the fact, too, that they brought the Dudleys back. And here's the, you know, you mentioned the Sting situation earlier. Two different scenarios, but the same purpose. Both are brought back to add some more credibility to the respective scenarios and championships. The Dudleys are brought back to help the younger tag teams. Uh, they come from the old school. I'm sure that they're, they're, there's going to be opportunities for them to teach some of these younger teams about better tag team wrestling and tag team psychology. Um, and giving them a run with the titles and having somebody knock them off their perch, I think would would be a good idea. It's not a bad idea. They have a decorated tag team history, um, you know, several different organizations. Uh, so, I mean – it's nothing but a good thing for the teams that they're going to be working with. Uh, the Sting scenario, the Sting scenario is a little bit different, but like I said, the same purpose is that his name value is adding credibility to the championship match, and it's also given Seth Rollins a rub just even working with him. As far as a finish for that match goes, I mean, I touched upon it last week when I when I I kind of threw that prediction out there. I'm not saying that I knew 100% that, that was going to be the scenario, but I kind of threw that prediction out there as a possibility. Um, and, you know, and and luckily, you know, for me, it worked uh, because you know WWE decided to go with that in that direction with Sting. But um, Sting's purpose in WWE, I think, is you know to 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 have a, a little bit of a limited run. Say that he worked there, um, but also his name value and what he brought to older WCW wrestling fans is what's going to attract them to subscribe to the network and watch the older content and maybe get involved in some of the newer product that, cause you know, when WCW was bought out by Vince McMahon, they lost a lot of viewers that were diehard WCW fans. So I think things purpose is kind of to try and attract some more subscribers to the network. It's also a great angle in the sense that he's, he's never wrestled in a championship match in WWE. This is the big, the biggest title that's ever eluded his character. Um, in, in his character's career. So I think it really um, that they put him in this position. Uh, like you said, Owen won to get a title shot. Yeah, I can, I can understand, but it's wrestling. However, I think with, with him um, and getting this opportunity and it being a main event, it's really to help Rollins. Um, I just don't see, I don't see him losing this, I'm not going to make a full prediction, but I have a hard time right now seeing him lose this match against Rollins, even if it's taking away the purpose of building up Rollins. I just have a hard time seeing him lose another match in WWE, especially if his run's so limited. But, like I said, purpose for both scenarios is to give credibility and help the talent with the experienced vets being involved in those slots. 
Tony, always a pleasure. Thanks a lot for the call. Fingers crossed. Next week, I have a good feeling we're going to have no tech issues. Definitely give us a call next week. And okay. uh, yeah. we'll talk to you later, brother. All right. You're back on the air, too. I can hear you. All right. Here we go. Thanks a lot, Tony. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Yeah. Bye. There you have Yeah, I mean, here's the interesting thing about Sting, you know. And let's get into it a little bit. We're, we're going to, you know, get to your phone calls. You guys be patient. But, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. I mean, the guy, you know, 56 years old, he'll be 57 next March. Um, again, all the props in the world to this guy. I mean, this guy's approaching 60. Um, tremendous shape. So, you know, I am of the belief that age is just a number. You don't, don't let anyone tell you what you can and can't do. At a given age. However, facts are facts. Um, not a spring chicken. Uh, probably his, his last run of, of his career. Um, now, I'm, one of the things I'd like to throw out there, and I'm curious your thoughts, Dave. I agree with you. I, I think, and, and I'm not going to get into full-on predictions because we do that on the, the uh, pay-per-view pregame show. And uh, you know, we got to see how things start to play itself out. Um, 0-2 is not a great place for a legend for uh, Sting to, to be here. To be at. Um, one of the things we heard for years, that Sting was close a, a number of times, close to signing on that dotted line and coming to the WWE, and he was nervous about how they were going to use him. He didn't like the idea that he could come here and, and the WWE purposely to make WCW look bad, that he would, he would make him look weak. And they were going to take WCW talent and make him look weak. Okay, he's 0-1. I get it why he's 0-1. Uh, he could have went over WrestleMania. I think that would have worked as well. But once they set the storyline up to be a WWE versus WCW, when it was the, the final battle of the Monday Night Wars, if you will, there was no way that WCW was going to win that match. So I get it. I get as the storyline progresses, that's where they were going with the program that Triple H had to win that match. Uh, but facts are facts. His WWE career now, he is 0-1. He gets a title shot, and I agree with you, Dave. I put it out there, but yeah, it's wrestling. Guys get title shots all the time. They don't make it as much of the number one contender thing as they used to do. Every so often they'll pull that out, but I get it. He's an icon, and, and Seth Rollins going against a guy like Sting – uh, really helps Seth Rollins' credibility as a champion. I think he's going to help Sting. I, I honestly think these two are going to put on a very entertaining matchup. Um, one thing I do wonder is is I, I whether it's a DQ kind of thing or something. I think you have you could have Sting win that way, or and this is where I want to get your take on this, Dave. If if Sting is winding down and the WWE is looking to pull out all the stops in Texas, and perhaps perhaps. Sting is in that Hall of Fame class. And if not in that Hall of Fame class, he's in a Hall of Fame class at some point. Do they want a WWE title run under his belt? Do they want in that highlight package to be able to show, you know, him holding up those WCW titles, but to have that one moment where he is holding up that WWE title? Does he get that one? And it could be a short run. I mean, it could be a month. It could be a couple weeks, but gets at that run with the belt, that last notch in the resume. Could we, in fact, see 
you know, for all those reasons that Sting actually becomes victorious. And and do we maybe see, you know, Seth Rollins hold on to the U.S. title and drops the WWE title? I don't know. I'm spitballing here. But when I think about WWE and that Hall of Fame video and the video department of the WWE, they kick ass. They're amazing with the montage and everything. To be able to put in a WWE title run would just add a lot more validity to it. Not that he's not a Hall of Famer already, but it would be something else to add to the guy's resume. It's just food for thought, Dave. Um, it would help his cause, and I think it would. I think it would help WWE's cause. Um, me personally, I think from from WWE's end and their thought process and their thinking on the situation, they would look at it like, well, Sting came to WWE because the last thing he needed to do was win the belt here. He had to come here. This was it for him. And they would look at it almost like, like I said, like Sting like really wanted to come here to say that he worked in WWE and to say that he was the champ here at some point. It would make them look good, almost like, it would almost come across like he needed them, not that not they needed him. Um, and you're right with the video packages. I think it would definitely help in the presentation if they were to put him in the Hall of Fame in Dallas next year. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he did win. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he won. And like I said last week, if there was some kind of weird finish um, that that they put, you know. They put the belt on Sting, but then again, we got two wacky finishes at SummerSlam last week with, uh, you know, the John Stewart angle, which was atrocious. The, the 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 payoff to that the next night was atrocious, and I won't even – we can get into it if you want, but it's, it's not going to be nice with coming out of my mouth. And then the Undertaker-Brock Lesnar uh, tap-out, bell-ringing, you know, situation that took place. So maybe they don't go with some kind of screwy finish. Maybe Sting just does put them over here. You know, clean in the middle. Maybe things at this point in his career where he's like, you know what? Like, I just want to say I came here. It doesn't matter about wins and losses and the stature of my character. I want to put it on my resume that I got to work in WWE. So who knows what the thought process is, but it wouldn't surprise me if he came out victorious or he got the win um, because, you know, network subscriptions and they're trying to get more of those and he's got that loyal WCW fan base that they're trying to go after to subscribe to the network. So it's very possible. We'll get into scenarios and full-on predictions as the weeks go on, pending how the uh, the, the storyline progresses on TV. But I could see, I could see that happen. We've seen a lot crazier, so I could see that happen. Should be interesting to see. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. Lots to talk about. We got into. Everything going on with The Undertaker and Brock Lesnar and that whole storyline. But let's go back out to the phones because uh, we got Anthony on the line. Anthony, are you there? I'm here. What's up, guys? Not much. How are you doing this evening? What you got for us? And uh, before I'm... you get into it, you guys just remember 1640 PWPR. Check out the cool down with AC hitting wrestling, boxing, MMA. So you want to check out PWPR. As AC joins us for a little bit. Now, take it away. What do you got for us? And thank you for that. And I, I don't come on here to put myself over, but I also, I'd be doing a disservice to Blady for Truth, Jeff Edwards, because we do have our Cooling for Truth co-show, which is now a weekly show. So I just had to throw that in there. But nice. uh, 
this is why I love you guys because you know last week you know I, I'm not gonna say we had a disagreement, but we we're kind of on somewhat different sides of sides of the spectrum. And now I hear Dave talk about how ridiculous the John Stewart thing is, and I, I love that. And and, and a, a quick shout out to uh, Biff Busick because I have seen him wrestle in New England a lot on the indie scene, and I'm um, happy for him with hopefully all the medicals and all that come back. So I'm happy for him, but. I'll put it this way, just to get into it. I, I actually love the Dudley thing. I think it makes a, a lot of sense. I mean, these guys are out there wrestling all the time. They're wrestling, the in, you know, they were on the indie scene wrestling the Young Bucks and doing all these indie shows and training guys and doing all this stuff. And it, it makes a lot of sense for a division that it was almost like, they they had got the tag division back, and they were kind of losing momentum. And by just interjecting the Dudleys back into it, it almost, even even with the um, almost kind of like a rise to prominence for uh, New Day, uh, I think it's great. I think you have a good program with New Day and the Dudleys. And let's face it, when the Usos come back, I mean, who doesn't want to see Usos and the Dudleys? I mean, I want to see it. I'm sure a lot of wrestling fans would want to see that. I'm sure it would be tremendous. So I think you almost have to take it on a case-by-case basis. Uh, the Sting stuff, I'll be honest with you, I don't love it. And I, I get the whole idea. You know, you're going to put him in the Hall of Fame. Um, this kind of his last conquest of getting that title, I get all that. But my biggest problem with it is this. What does it do to Seth Rollins? The yeah, whole, Their whole bit of programming is, the future, the present. This, for all intents and purposes, uh, as over as Owens is, the Roman Reigns stuff, Ambrose, go down the list, Cesaro, this is the guy they've clearly, like, hitched their saddles to. And my only fear is, is that it hurts Seth Rollins. And other than that, I mean, listen, it's wrestling, you suspend your reality, um, a lot of the booking, to me, makes zero sense. I mean, if you're going to have him go into a WWE title shot, why is he losing a match at WrestleMania? That doesn't make sense, but you could get past it. My only fear is, does Rollins lose something? And I'm, I'm curious, to, to, do you guys feel the same way? You know, I mean, the, the one thing that's tough with that, with anything, and, you know, especially when guys get title runs uh, young, uh, early in their career, uh, he's going to have to lose it at some point. Right. Um, and, and you do – it's tough, man, because it's like, yes, you know, could he lose a bit? Yes. Uh, I think Rollins is so talented that, you know, as long as the WWE is behind him, they'll figure out a way to, to build them up again. It's going to be tough regardless. I mean, who's – you know, who's the guy now? You know, Rollins is in a great place. Who would be the guy to take that belt off him? You know, I well, mean, that's a big problem. That's could the internet problem. collectively cringe because you say John Cena. Um, you know, who would be the guy? A guy like Sting, an icon. Um, you know, what's to say that Seth Rollins doesn't get it back uh, not too long afterwards? Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, is this something where he loses the belt to, to Sting and we keep hearing these rumors of, a rift between Seth Rollins and uh, the authority. Does uh, Seth Rollins get upset with the authority because they, they booked the match, they gave Sting the match? Um, I don't know. 
Uh, it, it's a tough call. Could this be damaging to Seth Rollins? Yes. I personally have a lot of confidence in Seth Rollins' talent that will get past it. Uh, but it, it's definitely it, it's a tough call. Uh, what do you think, Dave? It is a very tough call. Uh, first and foremost, uh, you know, you mentioned, you know, Rollins and dissension with the authority by putting him in the match or possible dissension. From what I saw on WWE Network, that post-match interview with Triple H, Rollins begged, Rollins had Rollins' character had begged Triple H for the match because Sting humiliated him. So it was Rollins that had asked for the title. It wasn't in any way Sting's credibility or his resume that got him that title shot. It was Rollins begging for it. That's first and foremost. Secondly, it is a very tough call because on one hand, you're building up. You've been building up Seth Rollins virtually for over a year now, and uh, you know, implying that he's the future of WWE and the future of the wrestling business. And do you want to get a short-term gain by having Sting win the title um, and hurting the long-term process of them continuing to build Seth Rollins? I mean, it's 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 a double-edged sword. They've been really, really adamant about how much they want to focus on getting network subscriptions, and they're doing anything they possibly can. That was a lot of the reason why Undertaker was brought back early, and Brock Lesnar, too, to get network subscriptions for Battleground and for, you know, SummerSlam. So this Sting move is based on network subscriptions, in my opinion. That's the that's right at the, the, the top of the room why he's been brought back for Night of Champions. So, um, you know, like I said, on one hand, you can have him win the title, and they can do some finish. He doesn't have that belt for long. He can have it for the night, and then they can strip him of it the next night. As long as you get those subscriptions of people that want to see win the title, that's all they care about at the end of the day. Um, and that could hurt the long-term process of continuing uh, Seth Rollins' uh, build-up as the top guy in WWE. So, We'll see what happens. Like I said, it all it, it really what it comes down to right now at this moment is how the storyline is going to be played out and portrayed in the next few weeks heading into Night of Champions. And what implications are with Sting following this match. So time will tell. I'm, I'm interested. I think it's one of those scenarios that got all of us thinking. And when you got people thinking and you don't know what's going on, then it could possibly make for a better payoff. So we'll see. No, absolutely. And I even brought up on my show last week. Um, even uh, if if Sting was to win, and then I mean, let's let's face it, Sheamus is still out there with that briefcase. I mean, Sting could win the match, and then Sheamus could run out and throw kick his head off, and you know, I mean, it, there's so many scenarios. That part of it you love. You you, you always love when uh, you're not figuring it out because yeah, I mean we, we we've all talked about it a million times. When you can figure this stuff out, it's almost less interesting to when there's a lot of scenarios. I just you guys know I'm a ROH fan, indie fan. I love that style of wrestling, and I want these guys, the Rollinses and Ambrose and you know, Kevin Owens and the Finn Balors of the world and all the guys they're talking about bringing in to get their due time. I just hope they're not over, I mean, overplaying their hand with bringing in these older guys who they think are going to give 
you know, or we're going to move the needle for a short time just to get them through uh, the first four weeks of Monday Night Football or, like you said, network subscriptions or whatever. At some point, if you put on a good product, all that stuff will take care of themselves. And that, that's just my opinion. Um, listen, the rate, if you looked at the ratings, the rating from the, the Raw before SummerSlam to the Raw after was down. When I saw that, I was legit shocked. And I hated the Jon Stewart thing, but they got a ton of press for that. And I said, you got a ton of press for that. You had The Undertaker. You had two controversial finishes. It was basically, uh, uh, like you guys brought up, another Raw after WrestleMania, and your rating is down from the week before. I mean, at some point, look in the mirror, and are you losing the legit wrestling fans? And I think maybe they need to evaluate that. No, I, I don't think so. I, and, and my and, I'm, and you know it, it may come across as me being biased towards WWE, but um, no, that's cool. Number, dude. No, no, let me finish. Let me finish. Number one, raw ratings have not really hit a steady stride in the last three years uh, since they've gone three hours. Okay, let's face it. It, it. Their ratings have been all over the place with a three-hour point. Great point. Great point. Secondly, it's the summertime. Okay, people are on vacation. All right, the advent of DVR. Not everybody watches live. I know that the results can. I know that the ratings can be predicated on how many recordings are on a DVR now, but it's it's the end of summer. Okay, and I think a lot of people too. Um, you know, they just, there's just not enough telev- There's not enough time to watch what you want to watch on TV anymore. I think wrestling's not the only thing that suffers. I mean, Monday Night Football is not the greatest anymore. It's not what it used to be. They don't even put up matches on Monday Night Football that are worth watching. Who wants to watch the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Cleveland Browns play on Monday night? Not this guy, okay? So they're not the only thing that, 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 that's suffering in the ratings. I think, it, like I said, it's a, it's a combination of the fact that the ratings have been all, all, all over the place since they went three hours a few years ago, and it's summertime and people are still on vacation. So, uh, I mean, they they could they could have put The Rock on TV last week, and the ratings wouldn't have bounced up any higher, in my opinion, unless he was advertised. So, that's my take on it. I I I get your point, but I almost think that. It still speaks to what maybe a disconnect a little bit. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying they're 100% wrong. This is just my opinion. I just no, think there's, no, there's some kind of disconnect with the legit wrestling fan. Because if you're going to tell me that John Stewart and The Undertaker are moving that needle, and you're let's not even call it a down rating. The ratings kind of stagnate. Because if you looked at the rating for the last six weeks, it's in that 500,000 difference range, which I mean, when you're talking about millions, it's probably not a lot. So it's probably been stagnant. But if you're telling me all those guys are moving the needle for you, my only point is, are you losing your hardcore wrestling fan where they're like, ah, this is garbage, I'm not going to watch it. I don't know if they are. I'm just saying, is that a possibility? Is it a possibility? Um, I can I can, I can, see where your point of view is coming from. I can totally understand what you're saying. But... I wouldn't necessarily say you are losing a hardcore wrestling fan because you just said it, hardcore wrestling fan. You'll watch regardless whether it's good, bad, or ugly. You're going to watch. Right. And you'll watch anything. 
So the hardcore fan, no. The casual fan, there's a possibility you could lose the casual fan. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm just saying it's just. It's just Anthony's always. No, good. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say just, just good stuff. You have one more thing to say. I'll let you go because we have a couple calls on hold. Oh, yeah. Get the other calls. Thanks, guys, for having me on. And I'll uh, talk to you next week, as always. Thanks, brother. Thank you, brother. All right, Thanks guys. A lot. Talk to you later. Anthony, I mean, good points. You know, it's funny, Dave, because I do. I almost think of it as the exact opposite. Like, you know, and, and like you hit the nail on the head. Hardcore wrestling fan, um, you know, they're going to watch. I, I, You know, the biggest issue is, I, I you know, WWE sometimes – you know, it's almost like their thought process is, you know, put John Stewart on. People are going to come to watch, and and like you said, the fringe and the non-wrestling fans uh, aren't bothering. Uh, they don't care. And if someone even is even interested in John Stewart, um, you know, they'll they'll catch the uh, the YouTube clip. Uh, just see John Stewart's place. So I think, yeah, your hardcore fan is still watching. But the fringe fans, the uh, non-fans, the like just pop culture fans that uh, Vince might think are going to come and watch Monday Night Raw, I don't think they are. And I think that's the statement where you can't just every so often pull out all the stops like, oh, everyone's going to come and watch. It goes back to put out a good product. And I get it. You know, and it's we, we've beaten that dead horse. But if you're going to go to three hours you got to give me a quality three hours. It's got to be week in and week out. You're going to give me stuff I don't expect. Week in and week out, you know, people are going to go to, to, to school or the office and be telling people that didn't watch, oh, my God, you're not going to believe what you missed last night. And that doesn't happen often enough. So I, I to your point, Dave, I think the fringe fans and the, the, the non-fans that you're hoping to draw in, uh, they're not coming over. It, it is just the hardcore fans that continue to watch and uh, – after a lot of Raws, continue to complain about it. One of the points I thought that, that and I had forgotten, you know, they've been gone for so long, but when you look at, like, the tag team division, and I forgot about the Usos, but, man, the Usos come back. And if you look at the top of the heap in the tag team division, say, like, the Usos, New Day, and the Dudleys, the returning Dudleys, uh, after that, look at the primetime players, the Lucha Dragons, then you got the Matadors and the Ascension, um, you know, I'm not going to go there and say that this is a, a you know, a new golden age of, of tag team wrestling. But again, that three hour raw done the right way. A couple of teams that just wrestle because they just don't like each other. A title picture surrounding it done the right way. The tag team division, when you read it off again, especially adding the Dudleys to that mix and the Usos come back. It's a pretty damn good division, Dave. Absolutely. I mean, the Usos, you know, have that potential to uh, to to really shake things up, especially with the Dudleys, with New Day, um, Prime Time. Um, I think the focus right now in that division is obviously going to be the Dudleys, New Day, and Prime Time players. But um, I'm not saying that this, we're going to see like the Golden Age of Tag Team Wrestling, where we're going to see like Hardy, Edge, and Christian and Dudleys. But Dudleys are the masters of the tables and. Kofi Kingston has been known from time to time to uh, do some crazy things with some ladders. So I think we will see, um, you know, we'll see some kind of TLC kind of showdown between the teams to, to, to make for a very entertaining classic uh, tag team match in 2015. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Let's go back out to the phones. Yeah, Rocky has been on hold for a bit. Rocky, are you there? I am here, Ken. What's going on? 
How you doing, brother? What do you got for us tonight? Doing good. Uh, I have to say, all the uh, points brought up so far have been very interesting. Uh, you know, as far as Raw is concerned, I thought a, a lot of a lot of great introductions and surprises. I was uh, really happy seeing the Dudleys back. That was great. Uh, Sting taking his place. I think that's awesome. Even the introduction of Braun Strowman to the Wyatts, because, you know, I, I know we talked about it last time. There was a big question with, uh, you know, Bray Wyatt and his, you know, mounting losses when it came to pay-per-views. You know, where do they go with him? How do they advance the story? And I think, I think they hit a home run with this one. I think expanding the Wyatt family is definitely what was needed. You know, and obviously the guy's a beast. The, the guy's definitely going to make an impact. And I think it's going to be entertaining to see where it goes from here. Now, circling back to uh, the whole Sting-Rollins picture, um, I have to agree with Dave. It's hard for me to see Sting lose this match uh, with, with all things being said and done. And I agree it's, it's a concern. Uh, you know, is Rollins going to look weak? It's, you know what? We, you know, there always has to be a time to lose. And in, in my opinion, when Rollins started out this title run, it was re he was really perfecting that weaselly, you know, get out the back door and hold on to my title type character. And it, it's the title run has gone long enough where it's almost as if he's kind of growing out of it because just you look at some of the things that were thrown in, in his path, you know, everything with Reigns, with Brock, with, you know, Cena, you know, and even going over on Cena. Now you start to, like, break that mold. Okay, this guy's not really, you know, he's kind of evolving from that Weasley guy into just – what he is, which is an outstanding wrestler. Now, with that being known, you know, in my in my opinion, it's time for that run to come to an end. And the big question is, who do you get to to knock him off that post? Sting, obviously, you know he he's advanced in age. Uh, he would be a transitional champion at best. But then you can go into a whole lot of fantasy speculation on, let's just say, for argument's sake, you do put the belt on Sting. And he's going to be a trans champion because he can't go on a long title run. Who takes the belt off Sting? Now, Dave threw out, uh, you know, Sheamus has that briefcase. I have two different scenarios that I'm willing to go with. One, I think, like Dave said, Sting brings a large old-school, hardcore WCW fan base with him. What better way to turn Cena heel than to be friendly with Sting and then all of a sudden turn on Sting for, you know, title run 16? Obviously a long shot. The other scenario I give you, especially with all the players involved, because everyone was kind of hyping up the whole Sting-Undertaker battle, well, now you kind of have a convoluted path to bring the title back to Brock because you can go Sting Undertaker, and Undertaker knocks it off him, and then now you have 
de- a definite interest in watching the Brock Taker second, you know, the the fight to win it all because then you have Brock to take the title off Undertaker. You know, what do you guys think? I I, I honestly look, I, I I don't think they're gonna go a heel turn ever with Cena. Uh, that'd be cool. I mean, I'm not going to say I wouldn't like seeing it. I, I don't see it happening. I kind of like your scenario with, with Taker and getting that belt uh, back to Lesnar. I mean, if, if somehow we finally get that, uh, and, you know, Taker, you know, I'm not saying he's a heel now, but there's definitely an edge to him. Um, if they set up, maybe not uh, for WrestleMania, but they set up, say, Sting, Taker, uh, for the Rumble or something, uh, with Sting having the belt, uh, Taker uh, wins the belt, and then Lesnar is going after him, and you have that final match at WrestleMania. Taker's got the strap against Lesnar. I yeah, I mean, I I can't say that I would hate that. Um, again, you know, when you get two old men in the ring, uh, you know, I would suspect that I was impressed with what I saw out of Taker in the last match with uh, Lesnar. Um, that's an intriguing storyline. Uh, you do have Sheamus in the mix. Where does the briefcase uh, fit into things? Um, it's intriguing, though. I, I, I got to say, I, I kind of like that. Your, your thoughts on uh, Rocky's fantasy booking, Dave? Uh, the Sheamus scenario could work. Um, I mean, if, she, if Sheamus were to cash in his money in the bank after Sting had lost, had won the title, um, you really couldn't say that that's a huge black mark on Sting's character in WWE. Most people remember the cash-in more than they remember the guy that got beat for the cash-in. Um, so it, it wouldn't be seen as a negative on Sting, at least as to me as this as this viewer looks at it. Um, the John Cena heel turn I don't think would happen. I, the Undertaker scenario is intriguing. However, um, that's two barely part-time wrestlers with the title. Transitioning from one part-time wrestler to another, that's a long period of time and not having your champion. Yes, I understand the argument can be made that Brock Lesnar had the title for a long time last year and he was hardly on TV, but now you've got two guys that they, that they swapped the belts with just to get the Brock. It would just seem like transition to transition to, and then Brock would be the third. Like, how long would Brock be on TV for if he won the belt against Undertaker at WrestleMania? That's a long time that the champion is not around as much. I think if you maybe if they reworked their contracts in some way to have them more visible on TV, but you're right, the part timer to part timer to part timer would definitely be. Uh, That'd be difficult. It's a good point. Rocky? Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a good point because I I think we can all agree that one of our chief complaints in the past when Brock did have the strap is when is the title going to be defended? And, and it's honestly, it's something I did not think about in my fantasy booking. I digress. But uh, <laughs> off, off of that and on to the tag team division, uh, I like I said, the Dudleys coming back was great. Um, honestly, for my, me, myself, I was never a big fan of the Usos. To me, they were forgettable, and like you can, I did forget them. And if they come back, it would be no real big 
you know, throw for me. But I, the way I see it, especially with our constant, you know, ribbing against Raw, you know, three hours, that's a lot of TV you have to make up. It almost goes to logical dictation that they've, built, they've done their work in building up the, the, the women's wrestling division. Now they're doing their work building up their tag team division because I think they, they've probably heard, you know, more than our complaints. You know what? A three-hour Raw is a hard show to fill. So you got to do something. So I like I like where they're going with this. I think the Dudleys do make the rest of the division step up. I thought New Day was great, and I think with the introduction of, of the Dudleys, they're going to be better. Uh, it also goes to say where do the Wyatts fit in, especially with the intro, introduction of their new member. Um, and you, and keep, also keep in mind you do have some great tag teams that that are you know. Brewing in NXT, and the question is, you know, if you're going to bring in any more tag team elements, who do you call up? That's a good point. I mean, who do you call up? But I, good, sorry. Enzo Amore and Colin Cassidy. Yeah. Those guys are, to me, in my opinion, I, 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 I hope this to be true, but is it? This is I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with this statement here, and it's pretty bold. I've seen a lot of bold things here in the show, but Enzo Mori and Colin Cassidy are more over than the majority of the tag teams on the main roster. That that is bold. Well, there you have it. I mean, <laughs> that's bold. <laughs> Rocky, good stuff as always. Uh, yeah, no, let's see what happens, but uh, uh, lots of good stuff there, and we'll talk to you real soon. All right, guys, take care. Take it easy, brother. Good stuff from Ron. And I thought he brought up a good point. I mean, you know, coming off a loss, uh, perfect remedy for the Wyatts. Wyatts look strong uh, after Monday Night Raw. Uh, great addition to the Wyatt family. Uh, and, you know, the only head scratcher, honestly, for me, and, and to your point, Dave, with part-timers, um, you know, we got Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. Uh, yay! We get to see him dismantle uh, Bo Dallas, uh, setting up his match with Bo Dallas at Madison Square Garden. Oh, good. And um, in, in a very good role, that was the head-scratcher for me. And um, I don't know if we really got the clearest of explanations as to what exactly happened in that match. Uh, no Undertaker now, obviously, for a while. Lesnar looks like will be off TV for a little bit. So um, coming out of a very controversial finish in that matchup, uh, I, you know, I, I wonder how exactly they're going to revisit that down the road. But everything with, with Heyman and Lesnar, and it, was, it, it just had a great feel. And then Bo Dallas coming out, um, that was the big head scratcher, albeit a very good Monday Night Raw. That to me, just I, I, I just didn't know what to make of that, Dave. Here's the thing that bothered me, and I'll be quick because I know we're running against time. The timekeeper situation, okay? That was the big explanation that I think most fans needed. The timekeeper went on WWE.com, the app, whatever social media platform it was, and explained why he rang the bell as early as he did. There was not one mention of it by the announcers on TV to go to the app and see the timekeeper's interview about the explanation regarding the controversial finish. Instead, Heyman cut a promo with Brock. Brock did his thing to Bo Dallas. 
and then he went home, and then now we don't know when the next time we're going to see them on TV again. That was, that was what was left of it, okay? I don't think people are yearning to see this happen again. You know what I mean? So I thought that the follow-up was poor. Yeah, and we'll see what happens again as we get ready. And we're running up against the, the end. We're going to squeeze in one last caller. Bring it strong. Bring it quick. Get ready, ladies and gentlemen, because we're going to close out our final call of the night. Welcome to the wonderful world of Mike Ferrara. As Mike, are you there? Yes, I am. And it's eight. It's eight o'clock. It's time for Monday Night Raw. All I could say is, uh, you know, you got to tune in next week. I'll call in and you give me more time. Okay, so that's it. That's all I got to say because I need some more time to speak my mind. You know, it is not enough. All right. Well, now you got a whole other three-hour Raw to get under your belt and, and get ready to talk about. So I'll talk to you next week. Thanks a you lot for the it. phone call, Mike. And okay, all anytime. I'm excited. Week. Thank you all this week for your calls. Uh, you guys are great. Again, a little bit of the tech issues. Uh, I got a good feeling about next week. But we're going to be we're going to be on the ball. Uh, you guys are great supporting us. We really appreciate it. Get on over to the Facebook page. That is facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. We got a raw chat going on right over there. Who knows what's going to happen tonight on Monday Night Raw. Sting's supposed to be there, so we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't know, Dave, we'll quite get a, a, as kick-ass a Raw as we did last week, but hopefully we get a, a very good Raw. Um, I think, you know, at times it's moving in the right direction. Great tag team division, great ladies division. Sting being there, let's see what happens tonight. But I'm hoping we get another really good Raw tonight. I, I, I think uh, because the you know SummerSlam is such a crowded event, I think there will be more time to develop uh, – you know, or some of these guys will have more time to develop their storylines because it just seemed like with ten matches on the SummerSlam card, uh, you know, it was kind of hard to really tell ten stories as equally as you possibly could on a pay-per-view like that. So um, I think we'll see better storyline progression tonight, even though last week's Raw was a pretty damn good show. So uh, I'm interested in seeing what Sting's reason behind coming out and doing what he was doing was tonight, and how that goes. Because that's the, that's the big one for me. I agree with you. Get on it, guys. Get on the Facebook page. Get involved in the Raw chat tonight. This is the Ken Reedy Show. Check us out on PWPR1640. Subscribe on iTunes. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. Get on the Facebook page. For Dave, I am Ken. Thank you all so much. See you next week at 6.30, KenReedyShow.com. Tune in to listen. For Dave, I am Ken. Good night, everybody. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.